awesome. Welcome to the Magic Post Game Podcast. This is the post game podcast for Game Two, Round Two, Halifax Hurricanes and the Moncton Magic, Scott Squires, along with my broadcast partner from NBLC Live, Moncton Magic Games, Dave Tingley, and very pleased to be joined early in the post game podcast by Coach Joe Salerno of the Magic. And Coach, uh, let's get right into it. Uh, how's it feel getting back, even up in this series after tonight's win? Oh, it feels good. I mean, it feels really good. I mean, it was a, a really tough loss in game one, uh, especially considering I thought we played pretty well for three quarters. So to bounce back tonight and, you know, to make the proper adjustments, I thought from an X's and O's standpoint, but then from just an effort and men- mentality, physicality standpoint, you know, the guys did that tonight. That's what we needed to do, what we'll have to do uh, in this series throughout. So uh, it feels really good to get a, a winning game, too. Obviously, we're disappointed after the game one loss, especially the way things went in the fourth quarter, but it's a group of professional men that you're dealing with. What was the mood pregame tonight, and what kind of things were being said, if anything at all? I think it was. I think it was. It was pretty focused. You know, they were actually pretty loose during shoot around today. You know, it made me question a bit. I'm like, hey, do we do we understand the magnitude of, of this game tonight? But uh, I think it was a good loose. I think when they got back to the arena tonight at about five o'clock, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of talk. I mean, it was it was pretty locked in. And um, you know, I think I think the guys took to heart a little bit. We got we got shoved around in game one. We got bullied, you know, in our own gym, and we did talk about that an awful lot coming into game two. So, um, you know, it was it was a different story tonight. And um, yeah, I'm just proud of the guys. Yeah, and I thought, you know, when I went back and watched the, the, the full game one, yeah, there was an element of you guys getting bullied, but the the, the, the thing that I took to heart was that I was confident about tonight was there was a lot of X's and O's stuff. Even the stuff when you broke down the offensive rebounds that they got, and I went back and watched all of them, there was really some X's and O's stuff, some kind of over-rotation or, you know, <clears throat> defensively that was easy enough to fix, and I thought Nick Evans particularly uh, was good tonight, and Billy was a lot better tonight with his rotations and recovering and, and getting that box out. So, uh, th- did it, did you take, take out from that too? That it wasn't just effort; it was X's and O's stuff you could fix. It was spot. That's spot on, Dave. I actually I told the guys I thought in game one, as far as the problem on the defensive glass, I thought seventy five percent of it was physic physicality, mental effort, hustle, heart. The other 25% was an X's and O's standpoint. How we were defending pick and roll, side pick and roll in particular, where we were trying to help from. It put us out of position to rebound on the backside. We, we completely adjusted how we did that tonight. We brought an awful lot of help off of clink scales. We really clogged up the middle of the lane, and, and it allowed our guys to stay a little more home on the backside rebound. I thought it was a big difference tonight. But uh, like I said, it was, it was, it was still it was more just effort and just determination. Uh, but there was some X's and O's, and the guys adjusted to both. Yeah, and I thought really the, the X and O stuff went to how you played uh, Terry and, and Mike too, especially after Mike got off to a hard, hard, uh, hot start. And, and uh, uh, Coach McKillop at halftime said you guys changed something up really key after that first quarter for Mike. Yeah, we did. We changed how we defended him. You know, the fourth quarter, him, they run so many pin downs, right? They run them off so many screens. And uh, we came into it with a different game plan tonight. He got hot, so then we had to adjust again. Um, so we did. We made a change, you know. And the guys again, they adapted to the adjustments, you know, right away. And um, you know, Mike, he knocked down a couple shots, and he started talking again. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't think that was the right decision for him. He started talking a little early tonight. Yeah, he did. And uh, you know, him, Clink, Terry, all those guys. I thought they started jawing a little early tonight, and it might have come back yeah. to bite him a little bit. Yeah. Apparently, uh, who was it? The particular for you guys? Oh, apparently it was Wayne. Yeah, Wayne couldn't guard Terry there at one point, and then. According of, to Terry, according that is. to Terry, it was pretty clear. Yeah, they were doing some. And did you guys? That was very apparent at the end of Game One with Clink slamming the ball against the floor, and and uh, and, and I, I loved what Nick said after the game in the post game interview. He was like, you know what? 
Yeah, forget that. I'm, I'm, I want to get back and watch game tape and figure out where my box is because I was terrible. Yeah. You guys pay, you, these guys pay me to get defensive boards, and I'm an album boat because now we got a hashtag, new hashtag for Mon- Moncton Magic checks and championships. Thanks to Nick. <laughs> His little hashtag that he created after. He says, I got paid to do that. That's why I'm not paid to worry about what guys are chirping about, but you can tell he was that was for TV, and he took it. You could tell he was. A little bit revved up. Were the guys revved up about that talk at the end of game one? I think I, I reminded them of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's in, in our, our <laughs> building, and uh, you, you can't allow people to do that. So, again, I thought tonight, for large portions of the games, we were the more physical team. We were the more aggressive team on the defensive end, and, you know, the second quarter we put together defensively, I thought, was, was about as good as it gets. So, like I said, the guys executed on both fronts, X's and O's, and just determination to get a win. A very deep and talented team are the Halifax Hurricanes, same as the Moncton Magic, but you and I talked prior to game one we did a pre-series podcast and one guy that you singled out in particular was Jordan Washington he had a really big game in game one but you seemed to neutralize Jordan tonight what were some things that you keyed on to kind of take him out of his rhythm and to make him less of a factor tonight than he was in game one we, we just made sure that, that we, we brought extra attention to Jordan Washington immediately on, on post touches tonight you know we dug down hard off, off the basketball we wouldn't, didn't fully commit double teams on him but we dug immediately on the pass and you know the difference is so many teams will wait to kind of double or, or as we call dig in on the post you know kind of bring some help um, after a guy takes his first dribble well with Jordan Washington he clears so much space with his first dribble he, he lengthens the distance between the help and, and, you know, so tonight we just went right away and, and just made sure we were swiping and just overly aggressive on him with multiple bodies. And, uh, you know, even the couple shots he did hit, they were tough shots tonight. So I thought we did a heck of a job on, on him tonight. Are you surprised at all at how much they've shortened their bench? They had three guys in mid-40s for minutes. Lou Field plays 30s, typically, you know, 5, 6, 10, less than that. Are you surprised at how much they're limiting the bench. Davivia hasn't played in two games, kind of like that. Are you surprised at all? A little bit, a little surprised. I think, you know, I kind of made the conscious decision after game one that we were we were going to look to play our bench a little bit more, even in spot minutes. You know, Trey Kell, for an example, I mean, he was gassed in, in the fourth quarter in game one, and so much of that was because he was chasing Mike Poole around Poole so around, many screens. Yeah. And, you know, even some spot minutes from Gentry tonight, you know, real quick spot minutes from Nadondo tonight, McSwain a little bit in the second half. We tried to kind of stretch our, our rotation, our bench out a little bit tonight, and you know, I like to think it played a little bit of a factor. You know, Halifax missed a lot of jump shots in the fourth quarter, and hopefully that's legs, and we were a little bit fresher. So I am a little surprised, though. Uh, you know, I would expect to see Vivier a little bit in Game 3. Um, you know, teams make adjustments after losses. So we'll, I think Halifax will come out with a little something different. Yeah, that was my follow-up, too, of how you, you used uh, – Freddie and Jason Caliste and Gentry especially. I mean, Gentry probably would have gotten a couple more minutes if he, he went down. Any update on how he feels? Because he was, I thought he was terrific in those eight minutes that he got in. Yeah, he was pretty good. You know, he was, you know, Gentry is tough. He missed a whole week there before the St. Yeah. John series and uh, due to, to family reasons. And he really hasn't got back into that rotation yet. Um, you know, tonight the coaching staff and I, we made the decision we we're going to run with him a little bit and hopefully give us a little spark. I thought he did, not necessarily just scoring, but some loose balls, some rebounds. Uh, he's well, he pretty took, banged he up. He took though. that ball away from Jordan. Like Jordan, you can't. Jordan Washington was so tough in Game One. I really thought that that was a big, a big play for him when Jordan got that rebound and he just dug down and took yeah. it away. That, no. that play in the first half was impressive. He was tough. Uh, so G was good. He, he he is pretty banged up though. He had a, a really big fall there. Yeah. Uh, came down hard on his tailbone as well as his elbow. Uh, so he'll be evaluated again tomorrow. But but yeah, he's he's pretty banged up right now. And speaking of. Going down hard, Dave and I were talking on the broadcast about how many times Trey Kell on just aggressive drives to the basket ended up 
on his derriere, his back, his side, right up against the padded stanchion underneath the basket. And Dave made the comment that they might have to get a chalk outline, put it down there, just in memory of, of all the times that he was down there. But again, it's a team game, but just a little bit about his effort tonight. And 15 of 15 from the line. But maybe, again, just what can you say about uh, Trey Kell's effort tonight? Trey Kell, I mean, Trey Kell's a special player. When you when you still consider how young he is, I mean, how talented he is and the decision-making he makes, you know, the, he, he's just... Um, He's he's aged, you know, well beyond his years. And, and uh, tonight, I mean, it was a physical game all over. And uh, and Kel hit the floor a lot. And you know, he actually, I think, said to one of our coaches after the game, "I'm I'm gonna need everything you got. You know, we have tomorrow as far as treatment, whether it's ice baths or spa treatments or whatever it is." Um, so Trey, uh, he was good. He was great again tonight. And we need Trey to be good, especially. You know, they're doing a heck of a job on, like, Corey Allman running him off the three-point line, and, and uh, Trey has stepped up, and, and he's been good, but that's what we need from him. Yeah, oh, go ahead, yeah. Well, I'm just going to jump in a quick sec on Corey Allman because, look, he's a veteran, he's been there, but you can see that he's clearly a little bit frustrated with what Halifax is doing to him, and he's really locked in. There was a point tonight where he hit a, a three-ball where normally you would see Corey do a little shimmy or a little something up before, and he did not. He was just locked in and got right back on defense. How's his frame of mind right now, and how is he working what has to be a frustrating first two games? I think um, I think he's okay. I think he's, he's he's fighting it. You know, he's fighting the frustration because he knows it's just, you know, wins and losses, all that matters right now. Um, you know, I think what is nice about this kind of layoff that we have, we're going to be able to, to try to do some very small things specifically to try to free him up for some shots because he's a big part of our offense. And uh, he's been, um, you know, he's kind of been shut down these first two games. But he's still finding ways to contribute. Uh, and like I said, I mean, he is a vet, and, and we need him just to kind of toe that line and understand, do whatever it takes to get wins right now. And the other guy, the other big vet we'll talk about, we haven't talked about Billy yet, um, so we'll get him out of here in a couple more questions. So, so Billy, I, I really liked tonight how he he didn't ju- he didn't settle for anything against Ramel Brown. I thought he really t- he took a couple of maybe a couple of distance threes that he could have been a little more aggressive with. But for the most part, he was aggressive and went at Ramel and tried to use just I don't care who switched I don't care who switched on me. I'm just I'm just going to go at him. He was in attack mode uh, after that first quarter. The, early in the first quarter, I think at the. What was it the mid the mid quarter timeout? He hadn't t- taken a shot yet. And it looks like you guys kind of made an adjustment and got him going quick, and then he had to sit with fouls. Yeah. And you guys lifted up, but then when he got back in the second half, it was aggressive again. So, is it kind of thing like forget who's on you, be aggressive, even if it's Ramel, the defensive player of the year? I say, you know, say to Billy before every game in the postseason, I've said, be aggressive tonight. We need you to be aggressive offensively. Stay aggressive. You know, do your thing. You want to play him with confidence. Obviously, we like Billy attacking the rim more. Uh, you know, but man, he, he stuck a big three tonight. Yeah, you know, did. late in the game, Locked and into it. just kind of the guts to take that shot. You know, that's that's kind of playoff Billy, and that's why he's here. So, um, yeah, you know, Billy, I, I liked what, what we saw from Billy from an offensive standpoint tonight. I thought he was a little more active on the glass. You know, he's just he just has to be locked in. If he's locked in and, and his head's on right, I mean, he's, he's tough to stop. Whether you're the defense player of the year, whether you're Meshack Lufield, Jordan Washington, it doesn't really matter. Um, and we need more of that from, from Billy as the series goes on. Now, I know your food's here, Coach. So we're going to try to get you out of here quickly. But the game was moving along at, at a pretty good pace. And we've talked about it on the broadcast, Dave and I, that we love calling games when you play Halifax because it's a war, it's physical, it's tough, but it's a respectful tough, and it's, it's just a very high level of basketball. And it was going along that way, and, and it was you know pretty free-flowing. But in that fourth quarter... Not sure exactly what happened, but 
Uh, I made a reference on the broadcast that still I'm trying to explain today, but I said it was like a Donna Summer concert from Here the late go. 70s. Here we go. Beep, beep, toot, toot. You know the, the Donna Summer disco song? Google it and listen. I played it for Dave. It made sense, right, Dave? Makes perfect sense. There's all, we don't bottom line, that song right is all about whistles. And the fourth quarter seemed to break down into that. And I'm not going to get you to comment on the officiating, but how frustrating did it become? And what were you guys doing to work through that? Because it had to be frustrating. But what were you talking about in timeouts? And what was the message to be able to work through that and not get frustrated, especially in the late stages when it became so important to stay calm? Yeah, I mean, I think not mentioning the officiating, but more so (laughs) just mentioning, like, stay focused on what we're doing, stay locked in here, you know, be in the moment of what's happening right now, not what happened previously. Um, The officials have a really tough job, you know, as I just commented to you guys before. I mean, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want to officiate a game of that speed, that physicality. That was an impossible game to call tonight. It it really was in the playoffs. So, I mean, they're going to make bad calls. They're going to make a couple good calls, you know, here and there. And you just have to live with it. And uh, for us, it's it's be focused on what we're doing the next play, you know, and, and not the call that was missed or the call you know we thought we could have got and um it's going to be good and bad both ways and i'm sure if you asked halifax they're just as frustrated as 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 we are so you know it's it's just what it is yeah so just we'll get them out of here on this one coach i mean you 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 mentioned you have we have got a week off and you're gonna give you guys a couple days of rest so what's the schedule look like for this week ahead of saturday yeah i think i mean tomorrow definitely taking on we got some guys that are legitimately banged up I mean really banged up Gentry and Trey and you know Denzel's been banging quite a few minutes after the last couple games so uh, rest tomorrow you know definitely kind of back at it Monday, Tuesday probably have Wednesday off and then we'll probably go Thursday, Friday before we leave to, to head down to Halifax so um, you know we, we gotta we gotta take some stuff from this game there's still some things we could have done better tonight and, and game three is just such a huge game right it's a pivotal game in a series and, and we have to go in there and just match the same intensity yeah, he's in one in, in, in NBA 1-1 I saw the stat the other night the team that wins game three in a 1-1 series wins the series 74% of the time I think it's a huge advantage in these types of series Dave is all about the analytics coach alright all we're going to get you let you get to your food but Johnny Gonzalez from Rehab 1 just back from Italy he's over here now I'm not going to bring him on but yeah. we were talking to him now you're Joe Salerno yeah and he was in Italy and apparently didn't make a trip to Salerno, Italy. What is up with that? Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed with that. I'm not going to lie. I mean, when he told me he was going to Italy, he said, hey, man, I'm going to go to Salerno, Italy. And I'm like, I'm expecting a keychain or I'm expecting something back from I Salerno. I thought it was more of a Godfather 2 situation. I mean, give me something, to Johnny G, you know. Kill an old enemy of the Salerno the, family. The first thing, I, I walked up tonight after the games. The first time I've seen him since he got back yesterday, I think. And he says to me right out of the gate, I, I didn't go. What do you mean you didn't go? You know, you got to go. So, anyway, it sounds like you had a great trip, and, and we're happy uh, to have him back here in Moncton. And one other little quick one, because I know you were disappointed, as was the rest of the team after Monday's loss, but you're a family man first and foremost, and I saw a couple of instances on your social media where your kids lifted your spirits. And you were telling me kind of a neat story about your daughter, Alex, a little token that she had for you, and, and uh, just maybe tell that story about Game 1 and about how it changed in Game 2. Well, I actually, have, I have two quick good stories about, about my family kind of picking up my spirits. Yes, my daughter Alex, uh, she gave me a little plastic green coin with a four-leaf clover before game one. She said, <laughs> Dad, this is for good luck. 
make sure you have it in your pocket, you know. And I said, okay, great, and uh, I forgot it in game one. And we took an L. Well, today I certainly didn't forget it. I made sure I showed it to her that I had it before uh, game two tonight and <laughs> had it in my pocket the whole game, and, and, you know, we were happy to get a win. And the second thing is, um, you know, I was in a – I was in a bad mood yesterday. I mean, I was in a bad, bad mood yesterday. I was just a, you know, you're disappointed, you're frustrated. Um, you know, this is kind of a lot on the line here for this organization and, and where we want to go and what we're going to work for all year. So to lose game one, it was tough. I was, I was in a bad mood probably to about 4 or 5 o'clock yesterday, maybe 6 o'clock. And uh, Camden asked me to come out and play basketball. And I said, okay. So we went out to the driveway and, and we were playing some basketball. And, and then Alex wanted to come out and play. So we're, now we're playing two-on-one versus Cam and and then uh, actually my wife Darcy came out to play <laughs> so we played two on two and it was me and Alex against Darcy and Camden and uh, you know the kids got bored with it after about five minutes so then Darcy and I actually kind of played one on one and I kind of took it out on her a little bit right we're playing on like a seven foot room in my driveway and I'm like dunking on my dunking wife on your like wife. it was uh, but you know what I mean I was instantly in a better mood like 20 minutes later so it was uh, it, it was good it was what I needed well, there is no question about it that uh, you have one of the coolest and most fun and close families. And listen, were you wearing a white shirt tonight, Coach? Were you wearing a white shirt? I actually did wear a white yes, shirt, you're wearing specifically a white shirt. for the reason of the story that I told yesterday. Yep, uh, that's a good one. Tell you know, one. a long time ago when Mike Leslie was one of my assistant coaches. Uh, you know, I always wore a white shirt. My first couple of years, I was constantly wearing white shirts, and I think he might have asked me, you know, why do you always wear a white shirt? And along, you know, when I first started coaching. There was one game, you know, I was telling my grandfather I couldn't decide, you know, what shirt to wear. And he said, well, you know, Joseph, what do you, you know, you wear a white shirt, you know. You always wear a white shirt. And I said, well, why? He said, well, you know, if, if, a, if a white shirt was, uh, was uh, uh, good, good enough, enough for John Wooden, it sure as hell better be good enough for you. He wears a white shirt. You need to wear a white shirt. And, and I told Mike Leslie that story a long time ago, and I think he kind of he remembered it. So, you know, yeah, tonight I wore a white shirt, you know, and – Worked out. <laughs> and I will say, for fans that did not see, Coach had the pinstripes on tonight and, I got to say, an extra bit of polish on those <laughs> shoes tonight, Coach. Yeah, they were shined up. It's, you know, it's the playoffs. We got to be. We got to look at. You know, my my grandfather also always says there's nothing wrong with trying to be the best dressed guy in the room. And you know, I always remember that before games. So, um, yeah. Hey, we'll try to look good for uh, game three too. Well, coach, congratulations on game two win, evening up the series one one. Uh, we look forward to success with you and the team in Halifax for game three and four. And at the very least, we'll see you back here on May first for game five. Great. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, Coach is going to slide a couple of chairs over and get his food that's probably a little colder than he anticipated. But Coach always hangs out with us and uh, gives us a chat when he can. So, Dave, we won't stay on much longer, but, you know, we heard what Coach had to say and and what he thought uh, were some of the real contributing factors to Moncton getting the victory tonight. But for you, from where you were sitting, you know, is there anything else that you saw from game one to game two that you thought was kind of a really pivotal thing for Moncton and you'd like to see more of when they go to Halifax for really important game three and four? Well, we pretty much covered it, but the big guys, I I commented to Trey Kell after the game how the big guys uh, really stepped up and he was nodding his head right away. He's like, yeah, those big guys, uh, they they really did their homework with with the game tape and came out focused. And Nick, you know, was great in his... 24 minutes, 
had uh, had those twelve boards, but twelve points and seven boards. But what was really what I really noticed with him was even if he wasn't the man getting the rebound, he was pinning his box outs every time. Those guys were not in the picture. Somebody else might have got the the rebound benefit of Nick clearing things out. He had twelve points and seven boards in the end, and uh, Denzel finished with twelve boards and. Uh, what do you what are you asking me? Oh, just all right, going. all right. Never mind. I, I, was, I, I, just, I just couldn't remember the final score. It I could wanted be loose. To, no, I. It's Dave, it's a podcast. Things could be loose. Man. Many things about me are not loose. <laughs> I can I can give you fairly many examples. No, the final score was ninety six eighty eight. The Halifax Hurricanes and the Moncton Magic now even up. It's a best of five, Dave. It is. It's a best of five. And and again, that's an interesting stat, though, that you gave. Seventy-some-odd percent. Seventy-six percent. In the NBA, seventy-six percent of the teams that win game three when it's tied 1-1 end up winning that series. Well, it is going to be a fun time in Halifax, a big one for the Moncton Magic. They certainly got to feel a lot better about themselves tonight compared to the way they were... If you're, gonna, if you're going to lose one on the road, there's another old adage for, for basketball seven-game series. If you're going to lose one on the, at home, make sure it's game one. Because teams that lose games, that's, I mean, look, six games left. Yeah. Anything, there's no way. Uh, I, I didn't think before this series that every team would win every home game, and I still don't think it's going to happen now. And so, look, it's you're right. It's a best of five, and I don't think home court advantage matters all that much until... A game seven, and I think in the, that that's why I thought the Magic were going to win in seven before the series started. That's why I think that's still going to be the result. And I'm sure fans of the Moncton Magic will rise to the challenge of traveling up to Halifax I, for games three and four. I might. I'm trying my best. We talked about it on the broadcast. A great contingent of mm. Halifax fans made the trip up to Moncton for games one and two. They were, vo- they were fairly vocal. <laughs> fairly vocal. They were. The Haligonians <laughs> were Halifamous, certainly in games one and two. But again, I, I would expect Moncton Magic fans will do the same and uh, we'll make a road trip up to Halifax for games three and four. Game three, again, they got some time off. It won't be until next Saturday. And... Uh, Dave, you and I will be doing some more of this uh, before Game 5. Oh, I hope so. so. Oh, indeed. So we'll look forward to being able to bring another podcast to you again, fans of Magic Time. But until then, on behalf of the coach, Joe Salerno, and my good buddy, Dave Tingley, I'm Scott Squires. Thanks for tuning in. The Moncton Magic even up the series after tonight's 96-88 victory. We will see you next time. And remember, friends, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.